So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon One and All. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Simul Radio and Simul TV. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for all the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Tanya Carol Richardson. She is a self improvement, spiritual author, and professional intuitive. She has been writing about angels and interviewing people about their encounters with angels for over a decade and is a regular contributor to MindBodyGreen.com. She's the author of Angel Insight, published by our good friends at Llewellyn Publishing, Forever in My Heart, A Grief Journal, and uh, Heaven on Earth. And uh, you can order any of these books via the links uh, on the book tabs of her website, which is Tanya Blessings. Dot com. And joining me now is Tanya Carol Richardson. And Tanya, welcome back to the Exxon. Thank you so much for having me. And I just wanted to um, mention, I do have two new books out right now. The first one is called Angel Intuition. Uh-huh. It's also by Llewellyn. And then I have a teen mindfulness book out that's called Zen Teen. All right, that's the interview. Goodbye. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> We said it all. Yeah, we said it all. Tanya, how did you get started uh, with angels? With angels, Mm. it was interesting. I didn't always, I was always the kind of person that was a seeker, very spiritual. Since I was a kid, I was always attracted to that kind of stuff. But I was raised by someone who was agnostic, really brought no kind of organized Mm. religion or spirituality into the home. So I kind of just dabbled around, and Buddhism interests me. I studied that, Kabbalah, Wicca, everything. I just enjoyed it all. Hmm. And angels never really resonated with me. Um, I thought, well, this is probably some kind of 
lovely metaphor mm-hmm. in the Bible that is supposed to be symbolic of some other thing, but surely there aren't these other entities who have wings. And then I actually saw one one Ooh. day in my bedroom. It's been the only time I've ever physically seen an angel with my eyes, although I do get, I have clear audience where I hear voices a lot that are angels giving the information. But as far as seeing one with my physical eyes, that was my Mm. only time. And I think the reason that it happened was so that I could really know in my heart that they were real. Um, And I had started reading about them. And then after I saw one, then angels kind of became the main, my main I don't know, vein of spirituality that I became interested in. So can you share with us what your angel looked like? Yes, it was very interesting because I had already been a little bit familiar with angel encounters Mm -hmm. where people said, oh, the angel came to me in a white robe with a gold belt and had this ringlet hair and these huge feather wings. And I thought, oh, I I didn't want to say this. I'm sure that they saw what they saw, but I thought, gosh, I just, it's hard to believe, hard to imagine. Well, that's exactly what I saw. It was translucent. So all the colors and shapes were there, but you couldn't see quite through it, but it didn't have the density that I have looking at the chair and looking at my Mm. kitchen now, for example. But it it was the same thing, human features, the ringlet Mm -hmm. hair, the white robe, the gold rope belt, and then the wings were just Mm. enormous. And I could see all the details of all the feathers in the wings, just hundreds of white feathers in the wings. Were you able to identify who this angel was? Well, I asked later, Mm -hmm. the more I began working with angels, and then I began working as an intuitive, and kind of the further I got down this road, I think it was when I was writing my first angel book, Angel Insights, I got curious, exactly as you said, who was this angel? Um, And I believe it was, I was told clairaudiently, it was one of my guardian angels named Samantha. And that made a lot of sense to me, because at the time I was writing on um, just a blog or an essay or something that I was doing. And I feel like that guardian angel really supports me in my writing and in my work. How can someone who contacts you for a one-on-one consultation, how would it be to their advantage to know all about their angels? Well, I think it's to people's advantage to, I think one thing that I help people do in Mm -hmm. a consultation or one-on-one, it's basically a, a regular psychic session. So we're trying to help, I'm trying to help the client make sense of their past and present and find better ways to navigate their future. So I think when I'm able to pull in things that I couldn't have known about the client before getting on the phone Mm -hmm. or give them new solutions to things outside of the box that help them manage their lives, it feels to the client that I'm proving to them that there's some connection to angels which that I have that's giving me this information, which kind of helps angels feel more real. And then I think a lot of clients just want to talk about how do I connect with my angels? I believe that I could have guardian angels out there, but how do I better connect with them? How do I recognize their guidance? So those are things that we talk about in an intuitive session. But I give a lot of advice about that in both of my angel books, Angel Insights, and the new one, Angel Intuition. The difference is Angel Intuition, Angel Insights is kind of a soup to nuts of who are angels, what can they do for us, what can they not. And Angel Intuition really also focuses on helping people develop their own intuition and sixth sense. Now, when you say people will get a look into the life of a professional intuitive in this book, what do you mean? Can you give us some examples? Sure. Well, I I you, probably like you just love to read, love to read a good story, mm, love that, to be right? engaged yeah. and you know taken to another place when mm-hmm. I'm reading. So I wanted this book to be really interesting, so I kind of talk a little bit about my childhood and how I discovered my intuition. I also talk about different psychics that I have seen over the years, which are kind of fun stories. Um, The first psychic I ever saw, I was only 16 years old. And um, so I just kind of recount some of those stories, giving you my history. And then as far as what it's like to be an intuitive, I just talk about what what happens when I'm in a session with a client, how I'm receiving information with my intuition. And again, the value of that is it's teaching the reader how to use their intuition better. And I've got a lot of information and exercises in the book to help readers do that. Is there a special age that this book is for, or is is this a book from teen up? 
Well, that is the Zentine book. So that's a separate book. It's interesting. The Angel Intuition mm-hmm. is the book that's just out from Llewellyn. So that is in the mind, body, spirit category. It's more for the people who love to read about angels and the paranormal and in psychics and all of that kind of stuff. Zentine was kind of a departure for me. That's the book that came out in September. Um, and that is a book that is for teens and preteens, and it's a mindfulness book. So I was approached to do that book kind of by a publisher and my agent. Mm-hmm. They just said, you know, there's a great need for teen mindfulness books. Would you be interested in writing one? So I came up with the title and the proposal. And interesting thing about that is I don't really go into spirituality, certainly not the paranormal or anything, in that book. It's really more of a mindfulness book. So I go into philosophy, mindfulness techniques, and that kind of stuff. Interesting. Um do you find that there are more women or more men that believe in angels and want to talk about angels, or is it a mixed bag? It's interesting. I would say if I just look at my clients mm-hmm. who come to me, I would say it's about 80% women and 20% men, but I do have or maybe 20 to 30% men. But I definitely do get regularly male clients, and um, I really enjoy them. I think that One thing that I had written an article for Mind Body Green recently about the myths about highly sensitive people. There was that great book that came out by Dr. Elaine Aaron in the 90s, The Highly Sensitive Person, and now they've got this HSP personality type. And I said, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the the myths in our culture is that sensitive people, it's, it's usually women who are more prone to being sensitive. And I don't think that's true at all. I think it's just the way the culture has geared everything. So I think there are a lot of men who are attracted to this stuff and are more sensitive to this kind of stuff, but sometimes they're not as out in the open about yeah. it, or they're not, they're not as, you know, they don't see it out as much. But I think all that is changing, which is wonderful. I think you're right 100% that men are starting to, you know, finally put their hearts on their sleeves and let people know that, hey, you know, we've got feelings, just like you guys. Right, right. Or even, you know, sometimes, you know, clients will Mm -hmm. tell me that it was just great to have an hour in in a session and have someone focus just on me. It's kind of a great act of self-care. So like you just said, men to say, you know, I I value myself and my emotions and my feelings enough to do this self-caring thing for myself. All right, Tanya, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break. An explanation, Tanya Carol Richardson is our special guest this hour, and Tanya and I will be back. As we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, if you'd like to get more information about Tanya, visit her website, www.tanyablessings.com. We'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, We provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, Psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. 
with over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Exonation, uh, Tanya Carol Richardson is our guest. Her website is tanyablessings.com. Tanya, where do the angels get the information that they give to you to give to those people who come to see you for help? Well, the angels are, are, I'm sorry, Rob, are you asking how they give me the information or how they get the information? How how they get the information, because you told us before that you were clairaudient and you were able to hear what the angels were saying. Right. So I actually use all the four clairs mm-hmm. in my sessions with clients, which your re- your listeners might already be familiar with. There's clairaudience, yep. where I'm hearing voices, clairvoyance, where you're seeing images, claircognizance, where you just know things, and then clairsentience, where you feel things. So I, whenever I'm in a session with a client, I'm so hyper-focused on them that all of those portals kind of get opened up, and I get, I'm getting a ton of information at once, which is great. And as far as how, you know, how the angels know this information about the client or how <clears throat> any spirit guides or ascended masters or loved ones who have passed on, you know, I feel like all of those people kind of come into the session when I get on the phone with the client. So certainly the guardian angels of the client are very aware we're about to do a session. So sometimes, you know, there will be kind of an energy shift before I get on the phone with people and I can feel kind of the energy of, you know, some you know, people kind mm-hmm. of angels, spirit guides coming in. So I think they're giving me the information. And also, it's a bit of a Vulcan mind meld if you're a Star Trek fan. When oh, you I do am, a session am, with yeah. someone. Okay, great. Of course, the best people are, right? I so, so. It, you know, you, you, you really are creating an intense connection with someone. So there is an element of just tuning into their mm-hmm. own mind and their emotions and their higher self when you get it to pull some of this information out. Have you ever been totally put into a, a situation of awe when you've asked the angel the question and the answer comes back? And the answer comes back? Yes. Like, for example, uh, have you ever been shocked by the answer that you're going to be giving the person who's come to you for the angel reading? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the, I think you should be shocked a lot of the time because it's a good sign that you're not using your own ego or personality mm-hmm. to get the answer. So really, when you're in a session, you're kind of open and surrendering and on alert. And often um, what I'm hearing does, I will say many times to clients, well, I never would have thought of this, but the angels are saying you should try this, you know. So um, sometimes, you know, about half of that information will be stuff that does feel kind of out of the box to me. And the other half of the information I hear is like, oh, the angels are reminding me of this thing that I heard about once or the angels are saying. But, you know, often if it's trying to get to why your husband is really so upset in these arguments, the angels might tell me something that is kind of comes as a shock to both me and my client. But then once I say it and we digest it, it makes perfect sense and is really helpful. How do, how do you know or how do the angels know which one 
is is the angel that should answer the questions, or do you just deal with one angel? Are there many angels that you deal with? Yeah, there are many angels, but, you know, as I was saying before, I think before a session, mm-hmm. everybody who's on what I like to call a client spiritual guidance squad, which can include ascended masters, loved ones who've passed over, spirit guides, angels, you know, a whole crew of people. We all know how challenging a human life experience can be. Sure. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, it makes sense that we would need a really big backup team or entourage to help us uh, manage this human journey that can be both wonderful and terrifying at times. Mm-hmm. So I think that all of those entities are there giving me information, but it's interesting with audience because, and anybody who experiences it on a regular basis understands, but the voice that you hear is a very gentle, calm voice, and it always sounds the same. However, it could be an ascended master talking to you, an angel talking to you, and as Sonia Cochette, the famous psychic who writes for Hay House, says, you know, if you get quiet with yourself and and kind of ask who's talking, you can tell or if you tune into it. But when I'm in a session with a client, it's that information's coming in so fast. I I know it's just from their angels, my angels, and there's no need um, to specifically stop and say, hey, which guardian angel of yours is telling me this? It's more important that the information resonates with both of us and is helpful. Where do the angels live? Where do they come from? What What's their origin? You know, like, they're, they're so fascinating. I know, aren't they? Well, it's interesting because I, you know, we always think of heaven as yeah. this other place. And I think we, when we were children, we were taught heaven is up in the sky. It's mm-hmm. beyond the clouds. And really, the angels have explained it to me that heaven is just another dimension that exists all around us. It's just a dimension thing. So it's not a physical location thing. And the angels kind of blew my mind when I was writing Angel Insights, my first angel book, because they told me that the only difference between heaven and earth is in your mind. So I think that was just another way for them to reinforce to me that it's a dimensional difference. The angels exist in another dimension we typically call heaven. Humans, I feel like, are hardwired into the earth dimension. As souls, we came down and manifested here. It's a very dense physical dimension. We're hardwired into it. And I think we get glimpses of other dimensions occasionally when we're using our intuition or in our dreams or we feel an angel. Mm -hmm. But I think the angels can more easily pass between heaven, the heaven and earth dimension. So I feel like they have a little bit more fluidity and mobility, and that's why they're able to intervene, send us guidance, things like that a little more easily. Why do they have wings then if they can just go in between the interdimensions? I, you know, I think it's it's interesting. The angels just told me it's a physical characteristic. You know, it's interesting because I I heard um, someone speak recently mm-hmm. that he thought he's a another author, and he said he saw two angels, and they appeared to him as triangle shapes or multicolored lights. And I think it's just that reminder that angels can take on many forms. You know, they can take on a human form as in the um, It's a Wonderful Life movie right, with right. Clarence Oddbody. Yeah. So, and they can appear as flashes of lights or colored lights, or they can appear as a bright light. So there's many different ways that you might physically see uh, an angel. As far as the wings, mm-hmm. one thing that's interesting to me is the angels, because I was asking a similar question to you, Rob, what is the difference between a human and an angel? And they told me that angels are kind of like cousins to the humans, if we think of it in a DNA sense. And so it was interesting to me that the angel that I saw, like many other people who've seen an angel, did look just like a human, except for those huge wings. So it was, it kind of backed up what the angel said, that we're kind of cousins, but there are significant differences between angels and humans. Are children more apt to see angels than adults? You know, that's what people often say. And I do definitely have, um, I don't do sessions with children, but often I will have sessions with a parent of a child who's very sensitive, who is saying, mommy, I see angels, I see ghosts, I, you know, all this stuff is, is very real to them. And I think it's a combination of the children being more open, you know, because they haven't been conditioned by society right. yet. And so they haven't closed down as much. And also children can be highly imaginative. 
So I think with some of these um, sensitive children, half of it is real and maybe half of it is their wonderful imagination. But I do think that, yeah, a lot of children are, are more open for some reason. Are the angels around us all the time? Yes. Yes. I mean, I think they, <laughs> it's funny, the angels just told me they give us our privacy. <laughs> oh. So I think when you're, you know, you're burping or doing something like that, I don't think they're right on your shoulder when you're going to the bathroom or doing something where you're wanting your privacy. I see. But yes, I think they're always, they're always aware of us is what they just said. And they're always, and you know, even more so, Rob, they're telling me they're always anticipating things for us. So they're kind of one or two steps ahead of us, and that's how they're able to send us that great guidance that can be so helpful. Does everyone have guardian angels? Yes. The angels just told me without a doubt, and that is something that I feel sure of as well. And the reason is because I always like to tell people in my books and emphasize Mm -hmm. to clients that angels are powerful spiritual beings. It's why we find them so fascinating. But the interesting thing is, humans are also powerful spiritual beings, and we are all have equal worth and equal importance. You know, Barack, you know, somebody who was the president of the United States is, is as important as your barista at Starbucks. They all have a significant role to play to themselves and the people around them, and they all have the equal amount of worth um, in the eyes of spirit. So we all have guardian angels because each one of us is a powerful spiritual being mm-hmm. that came here to do important things. How do they, who assigns the angels to which mortal? Well, that's interesting because, you know, again, I've read a lot about this. So I've read a lot of other people's theories on this. And then right. I always like to just ask the angels specifically, especially when I'm working on a book. And I think. Right. I was heard that often angels will volunteer their services, and the reason the angels are using that word volunteer is because they're wanting to emphasize the fact that they love their jobs. <laughs> you know, I always call Archangel Michael the hardest working angel in show business because he's everyone's favorite ar- archangel, and he loves to be of service. Yeah. So I think when you're calling on your guardian angels, you have to remember that they they wanted this job. You're not bothering them when you're asking um, for their help or guidance, because often angels are sitting around wishing somebody would ask for more, because part of being a, a, a powerful spiritual being is meaning you have free will. So while your angels will always try and intervene and keep you on your life path and your destiny, right. the more you ask them for advice and help, the more they can give it to you. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. I love talking about angels. There's something about angels that just have always clicked with me, especially this time of year. I I think the angels try a little harder to let the people on this plane of existence know that they're here and they're willing to help. All you need to do is ask. Tanya Richardson and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation, Tanya Carol Richardson is my special guest of this hour, and um, her website is tanyablessings.com. And, and I'm a believer in angels, Tanya, and this is what makes people laugh. I don't believe in ghosts because I've never seen one. I don't believe, <laughs> right. in, I don't believe in UFOs because I've never seen one. I don't believe in uh, extraterrestrials because I've never seen one. But you know what? I've seen an angel, and I believe Right. Well, seeing is believing. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> you know that it is true. I it, and I think the last time I was on, Rob, you shared your angel story, which I'm guessing you have shared with with listeners before. Oh yeah, the when when my younger brother was sick. Right. Yeah, and I've shared that many times, and and to me, that is just one of the examples of the times where I believe the angels have come to give me a, a helping hand. This happened. Right. This happened last uh, summer, and I'll share this with you. I, Laura, and I have three little dogs. There's Maddie. There's Lola, and there's Nikita. All our our six children are married. They're away from home. They have their own children. So you know, we've got our three little girls here. Now Lola, right. Lola is a Shih Tzu, and Shih Tzus have back problems. It, it's it's inherent and. Lola and I have a very special bond. Well, Lola wasn't able to walk. She was in a lot of pain, and her back was out. She's only about four years old. And, you know, Laura and I were were dreading the worst. You know, we took her to the vet. The vet says, her heart is good. Her lungs are clear. We'll just keep her comfortable. Well, I, I was sick. I was sick because I thought, no, oh, I was going to lose my little buddy, Lola, my studio dog. She's always in the studio with me when I'm, when I'm working. And I said, one thing I haven't done is I've, I said, angels, I need your help. I need your help to help little Lola. I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking mm. from my little dog. I met Laura at the restaurant, and while I'm waiting for her, I started Googling, you know, Shih Tzu's and back. And all of a sudden, I got to these sites that I I don't know why I hadn't seen them before until I remembered that they, I hadn't asked the angels for help up until now. And they, they explained how to kind of go along with Mother Nature and let the dog heal herself. And I heard this in my voice, in a voice in my head saying, there you go, she'll be all right. Little Lola is is fine today. She still has to watch her back. I still have to bring her up and down the stairs at home. But I believe that I asked for help, and I got it. I believe in angels. Right. Yeah, and it's um, it's interesting because you know, I think that part of what you did there was you kind of surrendered and did one of those prayers where it's almost, you know, I've heard people call these soul prayers, Mm -hmm. where you're saying, you know, please, please, Lord, or spirit or universe, heal me so that I can help my family or I can help my patients if I'm a doctor. I have so much work that's left undone. So it is, there is something powerful when, you know, I'm always for clients and people 
um, you know, having a real high self-worth and getting mm-hmm. the best they can for themselves. But I agree. I think there's something magical and powerful when you say, I want to do something for someone else. Please help me be a vehicle for someone right. else. And it kind of adds an extra level of oomph or uh power to our prayers, probably because, you know, as humans, we all came here to be of service to other people, animals, and in that moment, you were being such wonderful service to your dog. Yeah. But how do the angels cope with all the trouble in the world today? My heavens, they must be getting overtime. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. They showed me they were around in World War Two. They've, mm-hmm. they've been around, you know, so they've, you know, if anybody's seen it all, it's an angel. Um, because I do believe past lives resonate with me personally. And so I think if if past lives are real, then angels have been with us, they've told me, through through all the incarnations that we've had on this planet. So angels have been around a long time. They've seen it all. And I think what's hard and what keeps people sometimes from completely believing in angels is if angels are real, then how can these terrible things happen? And that's something I discuss in depth uh, for a chapter in Angel Insights and Angel Intuition, because I think it's really important to address. And the crux of it is, for me, is that angels aren't always what we think they are. I think we always have an image of Mm -hmm. God or spirit or angels as this mythical being in the sky that can just wave a magic wand and do whatever it wants. And that's not true at all. You know, the angels are reminding me that they, that we are co-creators here and we came here to help co-create this planet and hopefully raise the level of enlightenment in this dimension up, um, that everyone here has free will. And there are many times when angels are not allowed to interfere with someone else's free will. They can try and influence things Certainly, they can try and point people in the right direction, but many times they are not allowed to just jump in and stop something from happening or make something happen. So I think what the angels, sometimes the best they can do is lend us their energy and give us the strength to keep going, give us the right ideas about what to do for our dogs or our planet Mm -hmm. or our fellow man, and then try their best to help, you know, open the path for us to do those things. But I think it's hard for people to accept that angels can't always intervene, um, even though we wish that they could. And I think many times they wish they could. I don't think angels enjoy seeing people suffer at all. In fact, I think angels are very highly emotional beings, and it, and it hurts them deeply to see anyone suffering. Yeah, but what, what about in the, in the case of a child, Tanya? This child doesn't have the same know all that adults have and even in today's society we have to question the know all that adults are supposed to have but a child will the angels step in on behalf of a child because the child may not know the difference well it's interesting because um i agree children should be protected and Mm -hmm. and i think all people should be protected and given second third chances and all i think everyone is deserving of mercy and love and grace and forgiveness I, i don't care what you've done But yes, children should be um, protected, and I think angels do try and protect children as much as they can. But again, I think one of the hard, cold facts is once you come into this Earth dimension, you are locked into a certain grid of reality here, and there's no free pass for anyone, unfortunately. Um, I do think that angels try very hard to protect children. And I think sometimes the best thing they can do, I did have a client once that was in a very abusive situation when she was growing up as a child. And um, finally, somebody who was a friend of the family uh, caught on to what was going on and intervened and got her out of that situation. And she asked me, where were the angels then? And I said, the angel was that person who intervened. The, the angels have been working on that person to see what was going on and intervene. So sometimes the only way the angels can intervene is in a roundabout way through another mm-hmm. human. And they will try very hard. And that's why when, you know, when you feel call, compelled to be nice to someone or feel compelled to call your best friend because she's going through a tough right. time, you know, it could be an angel nudging you to do that. And I'm sure they do that a lot of times during a day, but I, I believe that, in order to hear the angels or to understand the angels, you have to listen, open up your ears and open up your heart. Right. That makes sense. And I think 
also, you know, what you're touching on too is something really important. I emphasize with clients, it's being receptive. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a client the other day and I thought it it was very enlightened and savvy of her to already recognize this. But, you know, I said, I said, well, you know, when we're in a time of a crisis or challenge, the angels will really step up the amount of guidance we're getting and step up the synchronicities and the mercy and the grace. So really be looking for that. And she said, well, and the synchronicities are coming all the time. I'm just not paying attention. And I laughed (laughs) and I said, you know, it's, it's so true. They're sending us signs and guidance all day, but sometimes we're just, you know, on autopilot and maybe we're not in a crisis or a challenge and we're not really paying attention. We're coming to the Christmas season. In fact, today is the first day of the Christmas season. Um, in most parts of Canada and the United States, November the 15th. Um, it, it seems that there are angels all over the place. You've got angels in the Christmas trees. You've got angels on <laughs> people's lawns. You've got angels, of course, at the nativity scenes, which I love. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. Are they more present in our lives? Is the veil between belief and not belief thinner at Christmas time when it comes to the angels? No, I, you know, I don't think necessarily at all. I think it's just what you were saying, Rob, we're more reminded of them at this time. Right. So, and I think when we're more reminded of them, then that collective energy is more focused on them. So they seem more real. We might, and I feel like the veil is thinner when you're focusing on these type of things. So you could be thinking about angels and mysticism and spiritual things in the middle of July, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're going to thin out the veil in July because you're focused on it. So I think there could be kind of a collective thinning of the veil because the wintertime is a time when a lot of religions have holidays. There could be kind of a collective thinning. Hmm. Food for thought. Tanya, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. And Dexter Nation, my guest this hour... It's always a great pleasure talking to her is Tanya Carol Richardson, and her website is Tanya, tanyablessings.com. And we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And uh, if you'd like to know what's going on outside, it is snowing. Tanya and I will be back. Don't go away. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. 
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Explanation. I was I was thinking over the break. Why do people like Tanya excite me? Make me feel good. You know, it, it's it's the energy is there. I, I can feel the angels around me. Do you know why? Because Tanya is doing something that is very positive. She's doing something to be part of a, the global solution. She's bringing messages of hope. She's bringing messages to people from beyond the angelic realm. And this is what we need more of in life. Get rid of the fake news, for goodness sake. Get rid of all the malarkey and the bull. Get down to basics. Make people happy. And Tanya, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and for for doing the great work that you do because I know that you help many people. And uh, you're a very positive person, so thank you. Thank you. That was so, so sweet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm blushing over the phone. That oh. was, those are very lovely things to say. And I always love coming on the show. It's a great show. I thank you. Uh, quick question. Do the angels have a message for me? I, I'd like to know. Uh, yeah, for you, I think it's about uh, to keep doing what you're doing. It's interesting because I feel like whenever you get tired, as we all do as mm-hmm. humans, the angels are telling me that this show and things like it give you energy. So it's interesting. I feel like you're the kind of person that's always going to want to be working yeah. and be involved in something because that's kind of your real source of energy. You know, you said that, and I got massive goosebumps. Oh, good. Well, that's interesting, yeah. Rob. I'm glad you said that because, you know, that is an example of your clairsentience. That's one of your psychic pathways you've got where you get intuitive information through feelings, like mm. you can feel someone else's energy, you feel yep. their emotions, you get chills. And so sometimes in a session with clients, I will get chills all over when we, when I hit on something really important for the client. So that, that I love that you shared that. Well, once again, thank you. Uh, let's talk about your Zen Teen. How did this project, okay. uh, a mindfulness book for teens, come about? Yeah, it was interesting because I was, as sometimes happens in publishing, sometimes you come up with the idea of the book yourself, like mm-hmm. I did with Angel Intuition, and then with Zentine, I was approached to write the book. So it was interesting because I had never thought about writing a teen mindfulness book, so I kind of had to wrap my head around that. Um, I had a very difficult time in my teenage years. That was probably the hardest time of my life. I just had a couple of tragedies happen oh, kind I'm of sorry. right in a row. Yeah, no, it's okay. It happens. And listeners know that this can happen in their life. You just have a patch that's really rough. So the late teens were Mm -hmm. really rough for me. So I felt, you know, perhaps spirit is calling me to do this to kind of, you know, help other teens who might be also happen to be in the middle of their teen years and having a really rough patch in their life. Um, But I did, you know, I didn't want to, uh, the publisher and I decided not to have any kind of spirituality in it because we wanted everyone to feel like they could come to the table on this. So it really is about mindfulness techniques and philosophy and psychology. But I was, you know, it was kind of an interesting journey I went on, and I was really happy with the result, and I really enjoyed writing that book. So in your opinion, who is Zen Teen perfect for? You know, I think it's perfect. I, I definitely wrote it with 
uh, young mm-hmm. women and men in mind. And also I think it's good for preteens, you know, kids are so smart <laughs> and they grow up so fast Don't in our they, culture yeah. now that I think, you know, it's sometimes you're talking to a 10 year old and you feel like you're talking to a 30 year old. So I would say, you know, the book is very positive. It's encouraging. And there's nothing in there that uh, a, a child of 10 couldn't look at or something. Um, so I think if you have a really, you know, bright, inquisitive mm-hmm. nine or 10 year old, this book could be perfect for them as well as for a 16 year old. What is the hardest part for you being an author? Like you, you've written so many books and they're, and they're so diverse. How do you, what's your, first of all, what is your favorite genre to write about? Well, it's interesting. I love, you know, I, I loved writing the Zen teen mm-hmm. book, um, but the books about angels are, are really a labor of yeah. love. Those I just get so excited, probably like you, because angels are just so fun and exciting that, you know, when that book, the publisher will send me the final copies. Uh, they've already sent them out, so I should get them this week. And then the book is on pre-order now on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and it will be available December 8th. So just in time for all the winter holidays. Um, But yeah, I think that writing the angel books have a very, very special place in my heart. And I'm even writing a fiction novel right now that I'm wrapping up um, that has a lot of spiritual elements to it. I just realized I love writing and I've always loved writing. And my best friend, you know, was always from the time we were 20. She's like, you have to be a writer. That's what you love to do. You're always writing. (laughs) When you were going to school, a little girl, what did you want to be? It's interesting because I think, you know, they always say that's an interesting question to ask um, children because, yeah. you know, there's some theory that you already have an inkling as a child of what you will be. And I mm-hmm. remember telling my mom I wanted to be a psychologist and I'd never seen a psychologist, you know, um, but for some reason I had heard about therapists or counselors and um, she really said, oh, that would be terrible. Don't do that. Wow. <laughs> so was, and I... I remember kind of arguing with her about it for a minute and, and, you know, I, I brought it up to her yeah. a couple of times over the course of a few weeks and she said, no, 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 don't do that. But those were my initial uh, things as a child was to be a counselor or to be a teacher. Those were the two things I remember always being attracted to. When I saw that psychic, when I was 16 and I started seeing her regularly, I never, I never thought that I would end up being an intuitive. So that came as a surprise. Well, when did your intuitiveness kick in? It kicked in in middle school, uh, junior high, when I started realizing I had clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. Um, I told a story in Angel Insights, I'll share just really quickly, that my brother had, I had seen a documentary on PBS when I was 12 or 13 about a psychic institute where they tested people's psychic ability. Mm -hmm. And I was just fascinated by this documentary. And so I told my brother, I said, let's run some tests on our own here at the house, you know, to see if we have any psychic ability. So he had these flashcards that were green, red, yellow, blue. And he said, turn around and I'll grab a card and you tell me what color it is. So every time he would ask me what color card he was holding, I had my eyes closed, but I could see the color in my mind. So I'd say yellow, and he'd say, right, right. So I would always get it right, and then um, after we'd been doing this for about an hour, he said, "Um, what color am I holding now? And I kept getting yellow and green in my mind, and I said, I don't know, I'm tired. And he said, just guess. And I said, yellow and green. And he said, that's because I'm holding yellow and green. Wow. (laughs) So... (laughs) So it was really fun, and my brother was a couple years younger than me, and mm-hmm. such a good sport to do that with me. Of course, he couldn't guess a color to save his life. Um, and this is something I talk about in Angel Insights. We all have special gifts. You know, my brother is an amazing athlete. He's an amazing caregiver. He works at a hospital now. So wow. he had other gifts to share with the world. What is your advice to, uh, to parents who are listening tonight and their children? Tell, talk to them about the feelings that they have, the the visions that they have, or they start saying, I saw an angel. How should a parent uh, react? Yeah, I think it's important for the parent to be open and to not be scared by this, mm-hmm. thinking, oh my gosh, is there something wrong with my child? Is my child hallucinating? Is Are they making things up? You know, And I think it's also important. Um, I have had clients like this who've had children that were very sensitive that way. And you know, once they talked, 
to the, you know, my advice was, you know, just talk to the child, you know, kind of normalize it, tell them about angels, that they exist. It's, you know, it's a wonderful thing. And maybe it's something we don't always talk about outside of the home, you know, kind of protect them so they don't go to school or tell somebody that, you know, would think this was quite strange. Um, And maybe there's somebody in some other adult that is open to these things they can talk to, Mm -hmm. or there's a priest they can talk to. But I think just normalizing it and being open with it. And um, I think kids are really wanting information when they come to a parent with this. And I think the parent could naturally feel a little at sea, like, I don't know what to say to this child. So maybe reading a book like Mind Angel Insights or reading some articles about angels online will give you an idea of of what to um, tell the child. So what's next for you, Tanya? Well, I'm thinking of, I'm kind of got an idea of what I might want my next book to be, which I hope Llewellyn might publish. Um, And then I am finishing up that novel. So uh, I'll be trying to get that published sometime probably in the next year. Busy, busy, busy. What are your final, what are your final thoughts of uh, words of wisdom to the Exxon Nation tonight? We've got about 60 seconds. Okay, I would just say reach out to your angels. They're there. They want to communicate with you. They want to give you guidance. They want to help you. So if you're struggling with something, a wonderful thing to do is write a journal entry to your angels, like a Dear Angels letter, and ask them for advice, ask them for guidance. And then the next week, see what shows up in your life. Try and pick up on the signs or the feelings or the intuition they're trying to send you. Is there a connection between the work that an intuitive does, and their angel connection? Um, Well, you know, intuitives are all different, and that's what's so fascinating. And angel intuition, I talk Mm -hmm. about all the different psychics I've seen, and the great thing is they're all very unique. Fascinating story from a fascinating lady. Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate everything you do. Please don't be a stranger, and we'll look forward to seeing you or talking to you around Christmas time because that's my favorite time of the year, even though angels are my favorite topic. So until then, my friend, you take care of yourself and um, just keep on doing what you're doing. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. My great pleasure. Exonation, Tanya Carol Richardson has been my guest this hour, www.tanyablessings.com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget you can get your complimentary edition of the X Chronicles newspaper online at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. 
Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 